0: And welcome back, sports fans. It's another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner. I am your host, Coach Donnie Has here with, as always, my faithful co-host, Mr. Brad Cross. And Brad, how are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing well, Donnie. I got a little bit, got a little rained on on Saturday. I went to the Sporting Kansas City vs. LAFC game. I got a little bit rained on. I was just telling you about it off camera. But we got the win in the end, and there was a lot of interesting things happening in the world of sports over this past weekend that we've got to cover today.
0: I cannot wait. Let's hop into our game plan. We will start off with football. We have two major tournaments going on. The Euros. Holy mackinoli, did the Euros put throw a few curveballs at us? Copa America has hit the quarterfinals. And as Brad just said, MLS is continuing to play another round down. We will go through that. We'll talk the hockey. We'll have a humble brag by my co-host here for calling the Stanley Cup final. We will discuss game one, how it impacts it, and preview game two tonight. We go to the NCAA baseball. As we speak tonight, game three of the championship series. Who's there? How did we get to this? And who will take home the national championship tonight? Finally, down to the footy. Another round is down. COVID chaos is running wild. I cannot wait to talk about this. We will tip round 16. And we will always, as per usual, end our episode with our favorite, Brad's crazy stat of the week. Here we go, sir. The football is here. We are down, down to eight teams left in the Euros. And it is an eight that I have to say is a tiny bit surprising.
1: Well, I'll give you one crazy stat to start off the podcast. We've been talking about this group of death in Group F with France, Portugal, Germany, and Hungary. How many people in the world would have expected every single one of those teams to be out by the round of 16? They're all out. We've got a quarterfinals including Belgium, Italy, Switzerland, Spain, Ukraine, England, Czech Republic and Denmark. And we've got a couple of games that were really incredible and crazy. And uh, we can talk about a couple of these. I think the one that really shocked me, I mean, it, it's the obvious one here. I, I think it's got to go to Switzerland beating France. The world champions getting knocked out in Bucharest by Switzerland. 3-3 after full time and 5-4 on penalties. Jan Zomer of Bruce Simon Gladbach with the crucial save on Kylian Mbappe with the very last kick of the shootout. I mean, Donnie, France, that blew a 3-1 lead. They've they've added to the meme of blowing 3-1 leads with two goals in the end from Seferovic and Gavranovic to end normal time. And then they go to penalties and the world champions get five put past them. And Kylian Mbappe, the man who scored in the World Cup final, misses the crucial penalty.
0: And that whole day was crazy, just, just in the fact that that wasn't the only crazy three-to-one come-from-behind Croatia did it against Spain in the game earlier. Unfortunately, Croatia, unlike Switzerland, did not pull out the victory as Spain, pots in two in extra time. But man, didn't I say it last week? I said, for some weird reason, I have this feeling Switzerland is going to give France trouble, and... I, 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 I could not believe my eyes as I watched this. I just literally legitimately could not believe that France capitulates, gives up two goals, goes into extra time. Extra time kind of got a little lackluster, shall we say. And then the penalties just, I mean, Switzerland was on it. They Every single penalty was perfect. It was right where they needed to. And conveniently, the one guy you'd expect to bury his penalty has an atrocious penalty. The goalkeeper from Switzerland saves it. There's a muted surprise as they wait to be sure that the referee didn't call him off the line. But once the the referee whistled, it was good. The Swiss players lost their minds. It was absolutely incredible to watch. And Switzerland knocks out the defending world champs. I mean, I have to admit this tournament has kind of turned on its head. Germany's gone. Portugal's gone. France is gone. All before the round of eight. I think this has really opened up to where, if I'm completely honest with myself, I think the winner of Belgium-Italy may have the best chance of winning this entire thing.
1: Well, and for those of, those of us who are on the football's coming home train, Uh, their road to the final has just got significantly easier per se. So they get Ukraine at the Stadio Olimpico, their first game away from Wembley in this tournament. They'll play Ukraine in the quarters. And then if they win that, they're back to Wembley for the semifinals and the final against either against the winner of Czech Republic, Denmark, which I mean, betting favorite would be England in that game again. And then, like you said, this Belgium, Italy game is very crucial because I, like you said, I would say that the winner of that game would get to the final as well. They'll be playing that game at the Allianz Arena facing the winner of Switzerland versus Spain. And I, I don't know. I, I was saying that Spain wasn't necessarily the most convincing team over the group stage. Then they go and put five past Croatia. And then we've got a Swiss side who just knocked the world champions out. It's like a couple of these games are real toss-ups and I really don't know who to pick here. This is really a real coin flip. I might have to just get a quarter out and just be like, all right, man, heads, tails, let's see what happens.
0: oh well I'll, i'll take it here i mean i'd love to tip i'd love to tip this round let's go through it really quickly belgium versus italy for me i have belgium i think belgium's golden generation may have just gotten the gift they needed to win a big tournament i like the italians but i really don't know if they've been severely tested as much as i think this italian team really needs to be yes they've played great defense but There's something – Belgium is clicking at just the right time. I I got Belgium in this one. Who do you see in this one? Do you got Italy or do you have Belgium?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Belgium too. I think that Italy was pretty unconvincing against Austria. They had a couple of really good games in the group stage, but they really didn't show that lockdown attitude like we've seen the whole time, and they didn't really have that killer instinct in the final third that we saw in the group stage. And then Belgium showed that – that was one of those gritty wins that champions need to have in tournaments. I mean, I I thought it was really funny thinking that Belgium beat Portugal the same way that Portugal beat practically everybody on their way to winning the last euros. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, like you said, the golden generations altogether, they've coming, they've been coming closer and closer and closer over the last couple of tournaments And I think that this is going to be Belgium's time. I think that Belgium's going to win against Italy, and then they're going to move on to Wembley.
0: All right, let's see who Belgium will play in the semifinals. Switzerland, the upset central over France. Take on Spain. And I'm going to jump on this one. I got Switzerland. Spain has not been convincing. I think they beat a Croatian team that, if I'm being completely honest with you, was underwhelming through many of the group stage games. I think they're they're not the same team that they were at the World Cup in 2018. They're an aged group. Yes, I love Luca Modric. The man is an incredible midfielder, an incredible player. But I I don't think Spain was severely tested as much as I think some people want them to. Yes, they've put in ten goals in the last two games, but all due respect. It's against an average Slovakia team and a Croatian team that I think ran out of legs at the worst possible time. I'm going to have the Swiss play the Belgians in the semifinals.
1: I'm on, I'm on with you. I, I haven't been on Spain the whole tournament, and I guess until I get proven wrong once again, then I maybe will pick Spain. So like you, I think I'm going to go Switzerland. I think that they're playing with house money right now. Spain's definitely going to be the team with the pressure. They, they are also – I mean, both teams are going to be coming off of playing 120 minutes, so they're both going to be playing on a bit of tired legs. So Spain are likely going to end up dominating possession, similar to the way that France controlled a majority of the game against Switzerland. And I think that Switzerland has the the weapons on the outside and enough attacking options to where they can cause Spain some trouble I'm not sold on Alvaro Morata, even though he was able to get a couple of goals in the the last couple of games for Spain. Like you, I'm going to go with Switzerland here. I'm going to go Belgium-Switzerland at Wembley.
0: All right, let's jump to the other half. We have Ukraine versus England. As you said, a lot of English see maybe potentially this as the chance for football to come home. Do we have England or do we have Ukraine moving on to the semis?
1: I'll go England here, but... Like, I, like I've said this whole tournament, I've, I've, I've always been a little bit hesitant to say that England are going to dominate because they haven't had a dominating game in this tournament yet. Yes, they won 2-0 against Germany, but it was very tight the whole way. I mean, the first half was like nip and tuck. It was give and get. It was really, really tight, really, really even. And then they were able to get a couple of good opportunities. Müller missed in the second half for Germany to equalize. So I think that England are, on paper, the better team. I think they're, they're not going to get a huge win like people might be thinking that they're going to get. I think it's going to be another 1-0, maybe 2-0. Raheem Sterling has been the man, of the man of the tournament so far for me. I think that he has been the best player in this tournament. He's literally carried England on his back through all of their games so far. He's scored three of their four goals in this tournament. So I'm going to go with England, probably another 1-0 win.
0: I'm, I, I really want to see, does the goal by Harry Kane late in that game open up the floodgates for this England forward line to see Kane and Sterling have a lot of fun? But I, I agree with you. I just I England has not been super impressive. They've just done enough to win games. I mean, here's how crazy it is for me in the back of my head. Scotland drew nil-nil with this English team, and this English team could get to the semifinals. So how how crazy statistic is that? I, I'm gonna have England. I, I agree with you. I think this is one-nothing. I think Sterling keeps his goal record going, being the only English consistent goal scorer on this English team I think England just has a little too much pace up front for the Ukrainians here so I think I will have football coming ever closer to coming home we jump down to another absolutely fantastic matchup a couple of darlings in this tournament the Czech Republic with Patrick Schick after a couple of incredible goals early in the tournament and a Danish team that it you have to be soulless if you don't cheer a little bit for this Dane team after all they've been through with their great teammate Christian Eriksen. who do we have moving on to play England in the semis
1: keep the Denmark train rolling I'm going Denmark in this game I think that they've come together the 4-0 win against Wales was a real statement and I think that Czech Republic yes they beat Netherlands 2-0 but I think that that really kind of opened up once DeLich was sent off the Net, the netherlands defense was thrown all out of whack with the loss of one of their central defenders so yes it was a good win by them yes they got the job done but i'd still think that denmark is a little bit stronger on paper i think they have much more weapons uh patrick schick is not to be underestimated holish was playing very well as well but i'm gonna go with denmark here i think that it's gonna be a two 0 win for denmark
0: I'm with you on this I I like Denmark's style of play I think they played really really well against a Welsh team that has been very very tough to break down early in the year and and to put up four goals was absolutely spectacular I agree I think Schick puts one on net he's just been so consistent scoring for this Czech team I see a Denmark 2-1 win and I cannot wait to see the Danes play England in the semifinals and we will discuss that in our next podcast we jump from one major tournament to another we jump down to south america for the copa america tournament the quarters are now set sir i know you've looked at this bracket i mean am i jumping off too high a limb here to say i think this is brazil's tournament to win
1: yeah, I mean, they have to get past Chile in the quarterfinals. I think that's going to be one of the biggest games of this knockout round. Uruguay and Colombia is going to be another fantastic one. The other ones are going to be Ecuador versus Argentina and Peru versus Paraguay. So we have a couple of really good matchups here. So in my book, I'm, I'm thinking Brazil, yes, I think they beat Chile. I, I just don't think that Chile is up to the standard that they were back in the mid-2010s when they had Alexis playing at his highest level, Vidal. Mm -hmm. and all these other players, and winning multiple Copa Americas back-to-back. So I'm going to go Brazil versus Paraguay in one semifinal, and then I'm going to go Argentina versus Uruguay in the other one. So I think it's going to be Argentina, Uruguay, Brazil, and Paraguay in the semifinals of the Copa America. And, of course, this one being played in Brazil, I think that's going to be even bigger of a favor including favor in Brazil's liking so i mean what do you think donnie who do you think is going to get to the semifinals
0: i i completely agree i mean chile really is the only danger on brazil's side of the bracket and that's the first game if they can get by chile in that first round uh, I, i'm not sure if paraguay and peru have the the dynamism up front to be able to stop brazil and on the other side i agree with you i think uruguay and argentina get through and that's going to be one whale of a matchup um I'm hoping, I really am hoping to see an Argentina-Brazil final because I think that would be absolutely spectacular. I mean, two of the best South American nations playing each other. But i just I, I cannot see Brazil not winning this not only at home but they are playing spectacular football through that through their entire group stage so i 'm with you there I, I see a Brazil Argentina final, and I think Brazil takes this whole thing at home, which is absolutely going to be bananas in Brazil if they can win another Copa America. We jump from South America up here to the mls sir i know you're regaling me with your awesome story of watching your beloved sport in kansas city tiny bit in the rain but you're it's worth it when it comes to your fandom let's jump in round 10 is complete several dynamic matchups in this round let's go through it really quickly what are some of the games that stood out to you what are some of the results And, and are we seeing a shaping of each of these conferences top teams
1: Yeah, so we had a little bit of a shock at the very end of the round, and this was coming in Frisco, Texas with a 2-1 win for FC Dallas, beating the Eastern Conference leading New England Revolution, and now they are just only two points ahead of Orlando City, who just managed to beat Inter-Miami by two goals to one in the Florida showdown at Drive Pink Stadium in Miami, and a couple of other ones, like I said, sporting 2-1 win over LAFC, another come from behind victory for Sporting Kansas City. They've been the comeback kids this year. They have, I I think if I read it right, five wins when trailing 1-0 to start the match. So five wins coming from trailing positions. It's just been an outstanding thing to see Sporting go and be able to win all these matchups. Philadelphia Union on the road against Chicago Fire. A goal fest there. 3-3 in one of the first games back at Soldier Field for Chicago Fire. It's a big Big point for them. They've been on the lower end of the table against a team in Philadelphia who are still in the CONCACAF Champions League. They're playing very, very well. Seattle Sounders drop points at home to the Vancouver Whitecaps. That finishes 2-2. LA Galaxy go on the road in the Cali Classico. 3-1 victory over San Jose with two goals from Chicharito. And then Atlanta and Red Bulls nil-nil in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz. And then the other big one for me, Austin FC and Columbus Crew. They finish at nil-nil. It was another tight one at Q2 Stadium the second game there. They're still yet to score a goal, Austin FC, in their new stadium. So, if we look at the standings, it's about the same as last week. Seattle still on top of the supporters. Shield race at 25 points on 11 games played. Sporting Kansas City inching closer to them now up to 23 points. Again, Revolution drop points. The LA Galaxy and Orlando both inch closer. So, we're starting to see those guys come up. And Minnesota United's now up into fifth spot, just ahead of Houston and right below Colorado. And then the East Nashville SC has been a bit of a shock. They're up to sixth place right now, right below Columbus Crew on gold differential.
0: Uh, just some incredible matchups here in the MLS. Every week you see a dynamic matchup between two teams let's jump to it sir round 11 hits our deck this weekend in fact our first game is actually if i see right tomorrow between austin fc and the portland timbers maybe just maybe austin fc can find their way to put one in between the goal sticks at home let's definitely see how it's so, so jumping from there just looking at some of these matchups what are some of the games that you're super that you're looking forward to seeing in this next round of the mls
1: the big one for me is the opening of Lower.com Stadium in downtown Columbus. Columbus Crew's new stadium, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference final against New England Revolution. Two top teams the Eastern Conference going at it. Orlando City hosting New York Red Bulls. That's going to be a big one for me. Like I was just talking about earlier, Nashville SC playing really, really well to start the season. They host Philadelphia at Nissan Stadium. That's going to be a really interesting one to watch. And then on 4th of July, a couple of really tight, Western Conference matchups, Colorado hosting Seattle Sounders at Dick Sporting Goods Park. And then to close it off, Sporting Kansas City travels to LA Galaxy in a big matchup with Chicharito and LA Galaxy looking to potentially jump Sporting into second place in the West if they can take all three points off the Wizards.
0: Cannot wait for that, another cracking round of football there. We will jump to it, sir, from the football to the ice, as we say, our favorite time of the year. And I will let you have just a few moments. You can have your humble brag, sir. You have called the Stanley Cup finals. We see Tampa. We see the Montreal Canadiens. I will let you have a few seconds to uh, humbly brag on your expertise on getting both of your finals Um, competitors correct
1: well I'll tell you what I'm really happy with was that exactly what I said Montreal would have to do in order to get into the final they did they got it to 2-2 they stole game five in Vegas they come back and get an overtime win at the Bell Center to go into the Stanley Cup final it's just an absolutely fantastic result for the Montreal Canadiens to get a Canadian team back into the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 10 years first time since Vancouver in 2011 And then for the Tampa Bay Lightning game seven, it just turned out to be one of those grit and grind nose to the grindstone type of games. Just get every single person behind the puck, defend like, defend like crazy. Andre Vasilevsky puts a shutout on the board. They win one, nothing to send themselves into the Stanley cup final once again. And then we can kind of go ahead and start talking about a game. One of the Stanley cup final was on Monday and it was a big statement win by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They just, they were all over Montreal most of the night. I mean, it was just a physical game going both ways, and it kind of was summed up when Brendan Gallagher went down to the ice and got shoved his, got his head shoved into the ice and was bleeding all the way off the ice. It was one of those things where that, that kind of just shows you how hard these guys are going at it. But it's Montreal who's now going to be down one nothing heading into game two, which is tonight. And so it's a big one for Montreal if they can pull one out and they head back to the Bell Center tied at one game apiece, it's going to be very interesting and a much different vibe than it would be if it was 2-0 to Tampa heading back to Montreal.
0: I completely agree. Tonight, it's not a must win, but it's definitely one if Montreal can find a way to steal game two and to kind of wrestle – home ice advantage back after the first two games it's not critical but it's definitely one of those if Montreal wants to kind of keep to their formula that they've been doing throughout this playoffs is stealing one of the first two games on the road in each of their series because then they go back to Montreal with a little bit of leeway they don't have to win them both but that it gives them a good opportunity to get a nice little lead in the series I think the Canadians kind of had to warm up to to the Tampa Bay speed into everything like that. Again, this is a little bit of a different team that they've played most of the season. I think you give them you give them forty eight hours. They've kind of dissected it. They've ran into it. You'll see. I think you'll see a few line changes. I think you'll see a few adjustments by each of the teams. I think tonight's going to be a much closer game than that game one. I mean, we saw it with Vegas and the Colorado Avalanche in their in their game in the in the Western Conference in the Western division um, championship game. They Colorado wins 7-1. Vegas comes back to win four of the next five games. So I, I, I'm not going to sit here and hit panic button for, for the Canadians losing game one, but you definitely have to have a tiny bit of a better showing, show a little bit more initiative into it. I, th- I think they definitely got to continue the speed game. And I think Montreal is still in this. Yes, it's a bad loss in game one, but you're getting used to it. I think it's a feel out process. For that, and um, I think that will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. I know game three will be Friday of this week, which will be absolutely awesome. Um, so we will have a couple of games to talk about when we come back to our next episode. Really quick, Brad, it looks like from here we will be up to game four for our next one. Do you see it being two, two, three, one, what, what's, what do you think it's going to look like when we talk again, just before game four on Wednesday of next week?
1: You know, I I've been so, so on Montreal going as far as they have. And, and I've been one, of, I, I've been kind of wanting them to do well. I've been kind of having them as one of my sweethearts and darlings in this tournament. And, it's been very fun to watch them get to this point. I think that Tampa's going to win tonight. I think it's going to go to 2-0. I think that Montreal's going to take game three when they get back to the Bell Center. I think the is going to be incredible back in Montreal. And then I think Tampa Bay is going to steal game four. I think it's going to end up getting to 3-1 Tampa. And I think that it's going to come back to game five with Tampa with a chance to wrap it up in Tampa. I don't know if they're going to win game five, but I think that it – it's a very good possibility. I think that this is going to end up being lightning in either five or six.
0: I, I don't know. I, I really want it. I really wish I could see game two to be able to say, cause I, I could see it. I mean, I think if Tampa wins game two, I think it lets the air a little bit out of the balloon of Montreal. I don't know. I, I like Montreal's game at home. I, I think they've played really, really well at home. They've had a couple of hiccups, but in all they've played really, really well at home and they, they just find something in game two's. To where they play better, I think it's I think it's going to be two two when we come back here in, in a week. I think it's going to be two two, whether it's two home game wins for each team or or each one steals one in the other building. That's, that's really what I want to see. But there's just something about this 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 Montreal team that I super I like a lot. I think it's going to be 2-2 when we talk again very, very soon. We jump from the hockey over to Omaha, not too far from us. And, sir, we have the championship game a little bit later tonight as we see the Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on Vanderbilt. But how we got to the championship game is quite unique. Did you see the drama that happened in the – Semi-finals between north carolina state and vanderbilt
1: i did and it's one of those things where it kind of just comes with the times that we're living in and it's very unfortunate for nc state they were one of the darlings of this tournament and they really took the college baseball world by storm by knocking out arkansas getting all the way to the college world series and getting up to the point of getting to play the defending champions in vanderbilt and then COVID ravages the locker room and they are forced into a no contest pushing the Vanderbilt Commodores into the championship series against Mississippi state and Mississippi state's a team that honestly, I am not entirely surprised by them getting to this point. Yes. They had a, a tricky bracket to navigate, but I've actually been pretty high on this Mississippi state team for quite a while. I think that they've been looking really well in the super regionals playing well in Omaha and they have forced a game three after a 13 2 win last night. And, I'm going tell you what, man. Game three is going to be very, very interesting. Kumar Rocker is on the mound tonight for the Commodores. I think that he's going to get the job done. I think he was made for Omaha. I think he was made for this type of moment. I think he's going to end his college baseball career on a high. I think he's going to pitch the Vanderbilt Commodores to another title.
0: I'm, I'm with you. I and mean, when you have Kumar Rocker, one of the best pitchers in all of college baseball, and a guy that honestly I think will be a very – very high draft pick in this upcoming Major League Baseball draft. It is so hard to see him not doing well. He's Every time he's pitched in Omaha, he's pitched really, really well. My heart goes out to NC State. I mean, what they had to deal with, I mean, having to play on an absolute shoestring roster in that first game against Vanderbilt, they played so hard. They did everything they could. And then the next day, unfortunately, not being able to play because they didn't have – enough players was absolutely devastating it does kind of tinge a little bit Uh, this championship series just a tiny bit because we don't know what NC state have been able to beat Vanderbilt at least once to get themselves to the national championship. So it does, it does kind of live a little bit of a bitter taste going into this final and the the championship series has been absolutely electric. Vandy wins game one in, in a nice pitching performance by their other ace. And then game two, Mississippi state, the bats came alive. So we will have to see what team shows up tonight do the bats get going for mississippi state against kumar rocker does kumar rocker pitch another gem and give vanderbilt another national championship i am cannot wait for this it is later on today i cannot wait, wait. wow just wow i uh, let's i am speechless i i cannot think of the words to say and i think that will wrap up our baseball we will jump down to it The footy, oh man, the footy has been interesting. COVID, just like it has for NC State, has been ravaging. There have been so many movements, but another dynamic round of football. Let's jump into round 15's results. And sir, I got to say this, first game of the round season, absolute dandy. Brisbane, Geelong, but the score was not what I expected as Brisbane hammers the Geelong Cats. By 44, 94 to 50, sir, were you as surprised as I was of the ineptitude of Geelong at times?
1: Yeah, I I did call Brisbane winning this game. I did not see them winning by 44 points. This is an absolute statement win by Brisbane. And for Geelong, it's one of those head scratchers. It's like, how in the world did we let this happen? We're up here contending for a premiership, and then this happens. So luckily, it's against another premiership contender team to the point where you can say, okay, well, at least we didn't get embarrassed by a little minnow team. So it's one of those things where you can kind of say, oh, well, at least it wasn't this or at least it wasn't that. But at the same time, you can't go and lose by 44 points, especially at this point in the season when teams are really starting to round the corner and get ready to make the run into the finals. That's one of those things where you just do not want to have happen.
0: Uh, This is just, I mean – this this Lions team is just absolutely incredible. And when they get going, they are so hard to stop. And to be able to take the Cats' great strength on the back line of their intercepting mark and be able to keep them from getting their intercept marks was absolutely a thing of beauty, Coach Fagan. Congratulations on an incredible win. But to add to the, to the, the craziness, as we go to Friday Night Footy, and I think many expected this to be a lopsided win, but definitely not the way it went as St. Kilda beats the Richmond Tigers by 40, 62, 22 Richmond kicks a grand total of two goals in this entire game. I mean, shocking. Oh my gosh. Maybe an understatement for this one.
1: Yeah. I, I texted you when I saw the score of this, I said, Richmond scored 22 against St. Kilda. What on earth is happening? And it's one of those things where you kind of even more than the Geelong performance, it's like, how on earth does Richmond, the team that's won three of the f- last four premierships, go and not only lose by 40 to St. Kilda, but they only kicked two goals in this game. They kicked 10 behind. It's like, this is one of the worst Richmond performances probably in the last 10 years. I mean, probably since pre Dustin Martin era. I mean, this is just one of those where he – kind of like when I was talking about a head-scratcher for Geelong, this is a big-time head-scratcher for Richmond. I remember us predicting this game, saying, oh, this is going to be a walkover for Richmond. This is going to be an easy win for them. And nope, Jack Higgins gets a little bit of revenge as St. Kilda goes out and they kick nine goals and Richmond kicks two. I, 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 I still can't get my head around that stat. I mean, how on earth do you could go and only kick two goals?
0: I don't know. I, I know St Kilda's pressure was absolutely manic in this game. They kind of they kind of Richmond, Richmond a little bit, which was almost kind of kind of interesting to see the Richmond kind of get their own little treatment to themselves. I mean, it's not easy to do because usually they handle pressure very well. We jumped to it to a game at the MCG where where Collingwood falls just a little bit short and fall to the traveling Fremantle Dockers by twelve ninety one. 79 I and mean, in the stockers team as soon as you think you have them pegged they find a way to surprise you
1: yeah and they travel to marvel and they get the job done and it's interesting right when we think that Collingwood's gonna start to maybe round a corner a little bit after the big win against melbourne over the last week they go and lose and it's a it's a fourth quarter comeback win for frio and they end up coming back they steal in the last couple of minutes a couple of goals and they get the margin back to 12 points they get the win and Frio's knocking at the door. They're only behind on differential to Richmond for that last spot in the finals right now. So Richmond are definitely in trouble. If they keep losing games, Frio is right on their tail, as is GWS and Essendon.
0: Yeah, just, what, an incredible, what an incredible opportunity for Frio here because not only do they get to win, but most of the teams around them did, fell short. So this gets them right back in their finals hopes, which I think... If you look at the last couple of results, I, I think the finals was not exactly what many people were thinking for this Frio-Dockers team. We jumped to it. A couple of teams that, to be quite honest, are going in opposite directions, as say is the North Melbourne Ruse get their second win of the year, beating the Gold Coast Suns by 9, 72-63. But I'll say this, looking at the stats, I think North Melbourne probably should have won this one, won this one by a lot more.
1: Yeah, they were able to kick twice as many behinds as they were goals, yet they still end up running out winners here in Tasmania. This is a big win for North, and they're able to get themselves a little bit more. They're, they're inching closer and closer to Hawthorne trying to beat them out for the wooden spoon, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But for Gold Coast, yeah, it's just one of those things where it, second half of the season, you, you unfortunately, you hate to see it for Gold Coast because they're really trying to get something going there with Rowland Anderson coming in last year and Stuart do trying to get things going in the right way. They're trying to, they're trying to do things the correct way, but they just, they, they can't, they seems like they just can't get anything right at the moment.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. And and, and now the pressure is starting to get on Stewie. Do we'll have to see, hopefully he survives this. He's such a good coach. He's just, he just keeps running into the same problem that so many gold coast coaches have had. in this that second half little kind of dip away and fall away on their performances we jump to it i know you and i probably don't want to talk about this but we'll talk about this an absolutely cracking game of footy as the port adelaide power take down our beloved swans 81 71 a 10 point game but but I have to say, sir. Yes, this is a loss. But I take a few positives out of this because I think the Swans really showed themselves quite well. They were at a hostile environment. They stayed in the game. They didn't roll over. They didn't roll over when it got a little difficult there at times. So I'm, I'm in all my heads up on this one. This is not a bad game for the Swans falling to Port Adelaide.
1: Yeah, I gotta say there have been a couple of losses for Sydney that have been really close and kind of like almost in a way like what if losses i mean i mean we can kind of go through them i mean 10 point loss to port adelaide two point loss to Fremantle, nine point loss to melbourne two point loss to gws i mean a couple of these losses have been losses where it's it's not necessarily terrible that you didn't win because there's a good amount of positives that can be taken i mean i know in the Fremantle game there was that third quarter that was atrocious and we don't have to talk about that but um yeah, I mean, there, there are a couple of these losses that very easily could have been wins, but are very respectable losses. I mean, especially the one to Port, the one to Frio. I mean, traveling interstate is always tough, and it's it's definitely difficult to go against a team, especially like Port Adelaide and get a win. So it, it is unfortunate we, we weren't able to hold on and get the win, especially after we ended up coming back and taking the lead in the fourth quarter. But it, it's just one that if you're a Swan supporter, you just got to keep going. And we're going to have a big one this weekend. We'll talk about it a little bit later against an old rival, but it's going to be very interesting seeing how this Swans team can rebound.
0: Uh, it'll be it'll be quite interesting this next week's rounds and then a game i i honestly yes the score may not completely show up but i still think this was an exciting game of footy both teams were getting after it melbourne knocks off the red hot essendon essendon bomber 68 57 an 11 point win by the d's and the d's just find a way to do it again
1: yeah they're showing that champion mentality of being able to just grind games out get results even when they might not seem like they're going to be as clear cut as as a couple of others but this is a really good win for melbourne and then for it's just another one of those that they're really starting to come into their own a little bit they're really starting to show potential that everyone's been talking about for the last couple of years they're inching closer and closer so i think that next year and the year after that i think they're going to be really interesting to see whether or not eston can get into the eight i think that they're going to be a tough team to be playing against for the next couple of years and then for melbourne they just stay on top of stay on top of the ladder they're grinding out results and they're getting everything done that they need to do they're they're putting in really workmanlike performances and they just got to keep doing that if they can keep on going like that they're going to find themselves in the top 4
0: we 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 move on from there to what i would consider another upset i mean it, to keep the latter looking quite interesting as Hawthorne knocks off GWS 90 to 72 and 18 point lead. I mean, GWS, I hope they're not going to do it again a second straight year where they've got a chance to make the finals. They, they they have the best opportunity to get in and they kind of fall apart as the season goes on.
1: Yeah. It's one of those ones where they had it going early on in the game and then Hawthorne just turned it on. They, they kind of gave it up a little bit at three-quarter time. GWS was trying to fight back into it, and Hawthorne was just able to pull away at the end, and they were able to get the job done and win by 18 points. And this is really unfortunate for GWS because it's kind of like what I was saying about those what-if losses for Sydney. For GWS, a win would have put them in the eight. It would have put them over Richmond to get up into that eighth spot. So it could be one of those games where at the end of the season looking back, They might be saying, what if we held on? What if we beat this Hawthorne team that are currently second bottom of the league? What if we had gotten this job done? We might be in the finals. We might be in the hunt for a premiership. Who knows?
0: Uh, an absolutely devastating loss at the at the time here. We jump out to Optus Stadium, where I have to admit, this I did not see this score coming at all either, as the Western Bulldogs absolutely hand the West Coast Eagles their rear end on a silver platter. 98-43, a 55-point win for the doggies. I mean, I know there was no crowd, but I was not expecting this game to be an, as lopsided as it turned out to be.
1: Yeah, it was a wire-to-wire win for the Bulldogs, and they were able to get it going. They just kept increasing, 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 and then right around the middle part of the fourth quarter, West Coast, it almost kind of looked like they just gave up. They were just like, ah, we tried, we tried, let them have it, whatever. So this is a really big win for the Western Bulldogs, puts them just four points behind Melbourne, just keeps them right within striking distance of that top spot. And then for the Eagles, it's a really bad loss at a bad time. You get themselves at home where they like to be. They come up against a dogs team that they probably thought that they could beat, and they just completely fell apart at the end, and they couldn't get the job done. And now they have to travel interstate, which we all know their adventures of traveling interstate and how that ends up going. So we'll have to wait and see how West Coast can bounce back.
0: And to the final game of the round, a game that honestly, I was not expecting to be this close. I was not expecting to be this exciting as Carlton shakes the blues, pardon the pun there. And they knock off the Adelaide Crows by 10, 83, 73. And man, what could have been for Carlton as you see some of their, some of their new players and some of their superstars, absolutely just ball out in this game. I mean, where was this Carlton earlier in the season?
1: Yeah, and then the thing for me in this game is I think Adelaide really played a pretty good game. I mean, they won pretty much three of the four quarters. I mean, they played very well in the first, third, and fourth quarter. It was that second quarter where Carlton puts up eight goals and takes the margin up to almost 40. If Adelaide was able to hold that down to like two or three or four goals, then Adelaide are in and they win this game and they end up taking points out of Marvel stadium. But it's one of those cases where you just have to play a four quarter game of footy and one bad quarter costs you the game. And for Adelaide, that's what happens. And then like you were saying for Carlton. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going like, where on earth was this Carlton team against the likes of like Sydney and, and Collingwood and all these other teams that they weren't able to get points off of. And you kind of see a bit of the potential that people were talking about preseason And it just shows up a little bit too late perhaps for the Blues as now they're still eight points behind Richmond for that eighth spot. So they're going to need a couple of results to go in their favor and they're going to need to actually get the job done for themselves to make the eight. Uh, it,
0: it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that goes, sir. And before we hop into our tips, I know you've probably seen this. Can you believe we have every single team in the entire AFL in Victoria with all of these COVID cases? I, I got to ask, does this competition change just the tiniest bit knowing that as of right now, all 18 clubs are basically – give or let give or exchange the, the wording here hubbed in Victoria.
1: Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see a lot of these teams, when we talk about them traveling interstate and how they're able to perform, like, especially we all know, I've always talked about the West coast Eagles, but you also have to take into account all the clubs from South Australia, West Australia, and new South Wales and Queensland. So we'll have to wait and see how all of these interstate clubs go at it. We're going to have a couple of games where it's a Melbourne club versus an interstate club, and then a couple that is both interstate clubs. Like, for example, we have Adelaide versus Brisbane, and then we have Sydney versus West Coast. So those are a couple examples of teams that are both playing interstate in Melbourne this week. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the interstate clubs do against the Melbourne teams. And then when we have those two games that are the interstate versus interstate, how those teams are going to be able to go in a fairly neutral site game.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how the fan bases, there will not be a massive fan base. I think it's only like 20 or 30% be just due to some of the COVID issues. They want to be careful, and I completely understand that. Let's jump right into it. A very interesting round of footy. I cannot wait to see some of your tips on this. Let's jump right into it. Tomorrow morning here sees Gold Coast versus Richmond at Marvel Stadium.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one, especially after seeing Richmond only able to put up two goals. But I think we also do have to remember that this is Gold Coast in the second half of the season. On top of the fact that Noah Anderson and Hugh Greenwood are both going to be out for the Suns, I think that that's going to be very bad, especially with Tom Lynch coming back into the side for Richmond. I think that Richmond will be able to get the job done. I think it's going to be a rebound performance by the Tigers.
0: I think Richmond wins this, but I'm going to say it right now because I'm, I, I'm going to put this out there. Do not be shocked if the Suns are in this game. Some of the injuries that Richmond has in the back line, I think are going to affect them. Yes, Gold Coast has a couple of injuries themselves, but there's still a lot of talent on this Gold Coast roster, and Richmond is very, very thin in the back when it comes to experience. So keep an eye on this game. Do not be shocked if Gold Coast is in this game a little bit longer than some expect, but I still do. I still will tip the Tigers in this one. Let's jump down to it. GMHBA Stadium is going to get several games this weekend, the first of which will be Friday morning for us, Friday night in Australia, as Geelong will host the high flying Essendon Bombers. I'm going to tip the Cats, but just like the Suns game, don't be surprised if Essendon's in this game a little bit longer than some expect. I'm going to tip the cats, but Essendon's sneaky here.
1: I, I think that if this game wasn't at GMHBA, I think it would be an easier one for me to say, kind of like you watch out for Essendon. They might be able to pull off the shot here. But I think that since they're playing at the Cattery down in Geelong, I think the cats will get this job done. I think they're going to get a rebound win kind of similar to Richmond.
0: All right. We move from that to an absolute dandy and, and, and at a decent time for us here in the States, 1045, at least for us here in the central time zone as Melbourne host GWS at the MCG can go GWS get the massive upset and write their ship to potentially make the finals. Or does Melbourne continue to keep on leading this competition?
1: I'm going to go with Melbourne here. I think that this is a tough one for GWS. Yes, they're still in fairly decent form, but they're coming off of that loss against Hawthorne, which is a really kind of depressing loss for them. I think that this is going to be a big win for Melbourne. I think the GWS is going to give them a bit of a contest, but I think toward the end of the game, I think the do- the demons are going to start to pull away, and I think they're going to win by about 30 points.
0: Oh, this one's this one's fun. I I I'm, I'm going to do my – it's going to seem like a theme this week. I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I will not be shocked with GWSs in this game. Sometimes Leon Cameron can find a way to get this team up and about in games where people tell them they have no shot they've won a few games this season when they weren't supposed to keep an eye on this one i think melbourne wins it i will tip melbourne but i'm giving gws a tiny bit a tiny bit more of a chance in this game than i think some will we jump to it as of right now this game is still scheduled for the adelaide oval even though adelaide is in victoria there's still chances the cases that are there are in isolation, so there's still talk of this game still being played at the Adelaide Oval as Adelaide host Brisbane. Does Brisbane get another big win, or does Adelaide pull off another upset and try to revive the season that has kind of been on and off?
1: I've been high on the Lions all year. I'm not going to hop off their train now. I think that they're playing very well right now, coming off of the big win against Geelong. I think that the interstate – Potential of this game is going to be interesting, but I I still think that Brisbane will get the job done.
0: I'm with you. I think Brisbane wins this. I think I just don't think Adelaide's defense is going to be able to stop the three-headed monster that is Cameron, Danaher, and Hipwood. That will be an incredibly difficult one to stop. We jump down to the next game, which will see Frio face Carlton. Where this game is being played is still kind of up in the air. Um, it could either end in Tassie down at Launceston or GMHBA Stadium in Geelong, depending on kind of. Um, media equipment and a few other things like that. So that is still kind of up in the air. And because this, I do not think this is going to be in Victoria. I think this will end out being at Launceston. I'm going to tip Frio in this one. I think Frio's defensive abilities will be able to kind of stifle Carlton a little bit. I think Sean Darcy is an incredible rock. I think he will give the Frio midfielders a lot more of the footy. I have the Dockers winning one technically in a neutral site road game.
1: Yeah, and it looks like Nat Fife is going to be back for this game as well. I think it's going to be a crucial (laughs) in for Fremantle. I'm going to go with the Dockers in this one, too. I'm really high on these guys right now. They've been putting in a lot of really good performances over the last couple of weeks. They beat our Swans back a couple of weeks ago. They're really looking good right now. And then Carlton, yes, they got the win against Adelaide, but it was one of those ones where they had one really, really good quarter, and they kind of were a little bit, a little bit unpredictable as the rest of the game went on. So I'm going to go with Fremantle. I think it's going to be a a, a close game, but I think the Dockers are going to end up winning.
0: All right. We jump from that to another interesting one at Marvel Stadium. Can Hawthorne do it again as Hawthorne hosts Port Adelaide?
1: I'm going to go with the power here. I think that it was a tough, gritty win against Sydney that they were able to get the job done there. I think that they can get, get it done again against Hawthorne. I think the Hawthorne's just a little bit behind the eight ball. Yes, they got the winningest GWS, but I think that Port Adelaide's a little bit tougher, a little bit of a different beast to slay. I'm going to go with the power here.
0: I'm, I'm going to tip the power, but again, again, broken record. I'm not going to be shocked if Hawthorne's in this game. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Alistair Clarkson has found that magic wand that he's had for years before where he finds ways to win games. He probably shouldn't. But a, a, a sneaky chance Hawthorne is still in this game, but I, have, I don't know I have Port winning this one. We jump down to it. GMHBA Stadium as the Swans in a makeshift home game down in Geelong will host the West Coast Eagles. I'm going to tip the Swans in this one. I know I've been really big on tipping against them this year, but I think they're – I do not think – they. I think they are favorites in this game because West Coast does not play GMHBA well, and surprisingly, Sydney has won three of their last four down in GMHBA, and I like those odds. I'm going to tip the Swans in this one.
1: I think in terms of Sydney's finals hopes, I mean, I, I've been hesitant to use this phrase over the last couple of weeks – but I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I think this is a must win for Sydney. I mean, they, they came up short against Port Adelaide. They've had a couple of close calls against Melbourne. They were able to beat Brisbane. They were able to beat Geelong. They were able to beat Richmond. I think that if they're really going to be serious about contending for finals and contending for top four, and even really just contending to get into the eight, as tough as their next couple of games are going to be, I think that this is a must win for them. Like you said, it's against a West Coast team that doesn't play well at the Cattery. I think that this is a huge test for Sydney. It'll be interesting to see how John Longmire sets up the team and how he gets everyone going for this. But I do think that the Sydney Swans are going to pull it out. And kind of like what you were saying, a little bit of reverse psychology, picking against the Swans to hopefully be able to be happy when they win. But I, I do honestly think that the Swans are going to win this game. I think that, yes, West Coast are stacked with talent. They have talent all over the field in all the right places. I think that the Tom Hickey, Nick Natanui matchup is going to be very, very interesting. The former teammates, the old backup versus the, uh, versus the master in a way. So I think that if Sydney can hold their own with West Coast talented midfield, I think that the forward line of Sydney is going to be good enough to be able to kick enough goals to win. I think that the Swans are going to win.
0: That will be a fun one. I cannot wait. And the best part is, sir, a nice ten ten starting time on Saturday night. And that will fill out a great round of footy because those that know us, we have a Metro game for our local team, the Des Moines Roosters, earlier that day. So it's going to be a nice footy Saturday for me. I don't know about you, sir. I cannot wait. Definitely. We'll jump to it. We'll jump to a very interesting game down at the MCG as Collingwood will host St. Kilda. Who do you have winning this one?
1: I'm going to go with St Kilda in this one. I think that they're going to ride the high of beating Richmond. I think they're going to come out a little bit slow off of the off of the gun, but I think that they're going to grow into this game. I think that St Kilda is going to pull this one off. I know that Collingwood right now is a slight betting favorite, but I'm going to go with the Saints here. I don't I don't know what it is. I think that, that that's going to be my little bit of a surprise pick in this round. I'm going to go St Kilda
0: for me I'm going to go Collingwood I, I I liked the way Collingwood played Frio last week I, I think they just got nipped a little bit by a little bit of a controversial call I think Harvey has kept this team playing that open style that they kind of ended their Bucks generation their Bucks days with and I think it's well and unfortunately I, I hate saying this but when you win a big game you're not supposed to sometimes your next game can be a little bit flatter and I'm worried St. Kilda people are getting a little ahead of themselves with that win over Richmond That they're starting to talk finals again. I think Collingwood nips him, and I think the the St. Kilda, unfortunately, the balloon for St. Kilda gets popped again. Unfortunately, we jumped to it last game of the round. And unfortunately, this will see a rematch of probably one of the most lopsided games this entire season as the Western Bulldogs face North Melbourne. Do we see another embarrassing win or do we see the improvement and North stay in this a little bit longer than last time?
1: I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as the first time around, but I still think it's going to be probably about a 50 or 60 point win for the Bulldogs. I think it's, you're, you're talking about one of the best teams in the competition against one of the worst yes they're coming off of a win the ruse are but i think that the bulldogs midfield is just way too stacked they have the force to kick the goals i'm going to go the doggies here and i'm going to go by about 50 or 60 points
0: I, I, I'm with you. I think a little less. I think North Melbourne contests and keeps this game under 40. I think this is going to be a tough one. I think the doggies win because the class is there. The doggies win this one. I just don't think as much. I think North has learned from earlier this year and that, sir, will end our tips for this round and we have come to it. Our favorite time of the podcast. Let's hear it, sir. Brad's crazy stat of the week.
1: Well, baseball never fails to bring us some crazy, weird, just incredible stats. And we're going to go to the Chicago Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers here. And last night, they play, or today actually, they played in Milwaukee. And it was the first game in the modern era of baseball to feature both teams lead by seven plus runs within the first four innings. And by that, I mean the Cubs scored seven in the first inning. And then the Brewers scored six in the next two. And then in the fourth, they scored eight to go up 14 to seven. So the Cubs went from 7-0 up to 14-7 down, all within a four-inning stretch.
0: Absolutely insane. Another great stat there to end our show. Uh, I have to say it, sir, another awesome chat with you. Man, this has been so much fun. We're just getting to closer and more and more exciting games and rounds of all of the sports that we keep an eye on. Again, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like it, please share, subscribe, let people know about this podcast. We're just a couple of old boys that love our sports. We love to chat. We try to keep it fun. We try to keep it exciting. And we will continue to put out our, our lovely brand of sports talk brad you want to you want to tell your goodbyes for this episode
1: yeah it's been fun uh we got a great game coming up tonight with tampa versus montreal game number two of the stanley cup finals game three the college world series finishing up and then on our next podcast we're going to have a couple of european championship semifinals to talk about and we might even be able to start predicting what we're going to see in the final and we'll have that with the euros and for copa america so we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about next week and it'll be very interesting to see what the world of football and Australian rules football and all sorts of football looks like. And then hopefully by then we might even see a Stanley Cup champion if things go a certain way. So it'll be very interesting to see what we have to talk about next week.
0: Cannot wait. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. This has been another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner, and we will see you again next week.